You're listening to the Marketing Agility Podcast with Frank Days and Roland Smart. Today's guest is Brian Homsey of Bose. He's a scrum master and agile lead in the global consumer marketing team. Today, he'll be sharing stories about the digital transformation taking place at Bose and the marketing team, along with the challenges and successes they faced in scaling marketing in a global organization. We'll kick off that conversation right after this brief announcement. This podcast is brought to you by our good friends at the Business Agility Institute. Their upcoming Business Agility Conference is just around the corner on March 11th and 12th in New York City. I'll be there. There's a whole track on marketing. Listeners of this podcast, you get 20% off registration. How do you do it? You go to rsmartly forward slash bacon 2020. That's R-S-M-A-R-T period L-Y forward slash B-A-C-O-N 2020. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Well, welcome, Brian. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. Thank you very much for having me on. Well, welcome aboard. Well, why don't we jump right in? Can you share a little bit with us about your agile transformation that's going on at Bose? Yeah, absolutely. So a little over 10 months ago, the organization decided within the global consumer marketing department, specifically in the product and communication design area, that they wanted to transition over from traditional waterfall to agile. It was very new to the department, and there was actually quite a bit of a, a shakeup within the department with new roles being assigned. And we have agile within Bose in our IT space. And they've been practicing Agile for quite some time. So we were able to tap into some of the experience in the IT area, specifically for our Agile coach, Frank Tenori, and utilize him to help our leadership within the department, help stand up uh, six different pods, six different creative teams, and teach, mentor, and coach brand new Scrum Masters. So six Scrum Masters, nine teams total were stood up, and we really went through the whole process, you know, starting straight from scratch, and I was a part of that team. Very fresh, new to Agile. I was a new Scrum Master, so we had the opportunity through a few different Agile coaches, but to learn straight from the bottom up. So the values, principles, Scrum, that framework, Kanban. And our job was to teach this creative group who is extremely new to it. They're used to, you know, the quote unquote old way of working and helping them, you know, have that agile mindset and be comfortable with change, be comfortable with working differently and really being more people over process focused. So it was a very exciting time, a very scary time for some with any behavior change. There were some that were very quickly to jump on board. And we're eager to try something new because the old way of working, as you know, we've all kind of seen, I've had a pretty extensive branding and marketing background with a pretty diverse set of industries that I've worked with. And there were challenges that came with that. So those at Bose who saw that were really eager to try something new and different. And that's how I really got excited with Agile and specifically in the role of a Scrum Master. And I love just leading creative teams and individuals to have better outcomes. So that's a bit of you know how we kind of get started. And like anything else, it was you know a little stormy at first, but we've really have made some pretty substantial 
progress in those 10 months. This past summer, myself and a few of my colleagues went to the Agile Alliance Conference in Washington, D.C., and really had an opportunity to talk to all different Agilists and at different stages of their journey within their company. And the gratifying piece was, even though we're new at Bose and you'll bring this into the marketing area, we were coached very well. And we really got the base of what Agile is and what Scrum is. And we found in talking to different Agilists that we were actually a little bit further ahead even though the majority of that group was in that, that tech space, the engineering, IT, and we're doing it in marketing, but we're a little bit further along than some of them that were doing it for a couple of years. So you described an environment where Agile already had a foothold in the tech side of the house. Can you just give a little background on what drove executive leadership to decide to bring it into marketing? Sure. So one of the challenges that Bose was having was really a little bit more on the product side with Challenges with focus on some of the new products that were coming to market. And with anything else, the constant demand of various creative requests that are coming from different marketing space and marketing departments. And there really wasn't a good mechanism for determining value priorities. That was one of the reasons that it was stemmed from. And then just at the end of the day, with the competitive landscape as it is right now, it's in the traditional way of working was taking too long to get out to market. And we were losing our window of that competitive advantage when we did have some great tech that over our competitors, we just weren't able to be nimble enough to get to market. So that was really one of the main factors that the organization wanted to make that switch. So we would be able to better pivot and respond quicker to the needs of the organization and to be more competitive with rolling out new products. So you knew that you were going to hit it pretty hard. You had executive buy-in. Knowing that, what did you do to prepare? It sounds like you invested in training. You had the coaches. Did you get certified? What about plans in advance about how to structure these teams or restructure them? So the majority of us, and I would say 9% of the group, it was all new for everybody. And we had a few coaches and we really had our IT group help kind of handhold us a little bit in going through it. And we had some larger meetings right at the beginning explaining what this was, what the roles were, how things are going to be different. So kind of like laying a little bit of the ground base for everybody. And then the next focus was on the department leadership. So again, our you know Agile coach, uh, Frank Tenori, really worked closely with those leaders and made them better understand you know, what we're really trying to do and having self-organized teams and what that meant. And it's really at the end of the day, right? It's more what you want to give up. You're willing to give up some of that control so that decision-making power would be able to live within the product owners, within the team and making that very clear to them, which is critical. And then the next phase to that was really starting up the foot soldiers in which you know, scrum masters were and giving them pretty intense training. And that's what I went through. And we all got certified as certified Scrum Masters through Scrum.org and through some other go So we went and visited some of the other Agilists within Bose in the Nike space. And we saw how they ran their daily Scrums and what that looked like and how they did their retros. Obviously, it was going to be a little bit different than what we're going to be doing in marketing. But basically, it's the same idea as far as like 
the iterations and those principles. I think one of the biggest hurdles that we saw in specifically for the creative group and the creative individuals was they've heard of Agile there and we really try to deliberately take out all of the IT mentions and have it spin it for marketing. So the product owner, we really didn't introduce that term. We have marketing planners, but they were doing the roles of product owners. So we really didn't try to like force it down their throat. It was really more of a make it clear like this is a different way of working. It's a behavior change and here's the benefits to you. So you went through the process of selling the idea, selling or explaining, training, getting people all on board, right? And getting everyone skilled up. Can you talk about once everyone was kind of fully enabled and ready to go, how you started? You know, was it all nine teams, nine scrum masters and nine product owners, everyone go? Or was it, you know, you started one team and then a second team and then a third team? And then can you give us a sense of how you got started? Yeah. So... We ended up with nine total teams, and they were broken up by various specialties, not the right word, but we had some teams that were focused on the headphone category, speaker category, and some like the team that I managed were more of the newer products that were coming to market, sunglasses with speakers, frames, and Bose AR experience. So we started to stand up two pods, and... That allowed us to learn as you go was really the the theme. And we had the two pods standing up and that allowed the other scrum masters to shadow them as they walked through some of the coaching and explanation of, you know, here are what the ceremonies are. Here's what we're trying to accomplish in each of the ceremonies and then sharing some of the useful documents, that type of thing. So as those two stood up, four more stood up after that. And then so on. So eventually, and we had some pods in the UK as well, in Netherlands. So those stood up a little bit later than the ones in the US. So it's a combination of product category and geo? A little bit. Yeah. Even the product category teams, the majority of the teams would be in Birmingham office of Massachusetts. But there are also some teams at Boston Landing in Boston as well. And then myself, I had a geodispersed team. So I had one product owner in San Francisco and a designer in San Diego. The rest of my team was local. So kind of working through those requirements and making sure that you know our daily scrum was inclusive for everybody and how we transitioned from a physical board to going to a Trello and then various pieces like that, a Jira. Okay. So I was going to ask about the tools and technology that used to support it. How big were the teams we're talking about? So between eight to 10 people. Okay. Got it. And it sounds from your description that these teams were fairly independent or were the nine teams coordinating together? I'm trying to get a sense of, was there um, hierarchy as you scaled? Were you doing scrum of scrums and how did the technology you were using support that? Yeah, absolutely. So the pause, the teams were individual but there were also some shared resources that did have the crossover and that occasionally, you know, as those other impediments would pop up, we started a Scrum Scrum and really to try to help out some of the impediments across all the teams, all the pods. And there was a, we would have a meeting twice a week and really talk through what we've learned and sort of a sharing, especially as we started off because, you know, each team, Obviously, different individuals with different needs and different personalities that require different support. 
So we were able to learn from each individual and their experiences, and that allowed us to really help our teams, but also help out the Scrum Masters as well. And then we also started a leadership guild also, and really it's trying to help it be very transparent. Right within our workspace, we had our board and all of the major organizational impediments. Some are long-term, some are short-term. We identified in us from Scrum. We shared it with our leadership and our leadership was tasked with trying to work through some of those impediments and we put some time parameters around that. So kind of plan box, how long, you know, we were hoping to get those resolved quickly. And the whole idea behind that is as a Scrum Master, my job is to try to remove impediments extremely quickly as well and making sure that there's no blockers for our team. That's what our leadership was tasked with as well. So our Scrum and Scrum helped to identify those shared impediments. So you said you had your Scrum or Scrums, and that was really your Scrum Masters getting together, trying to coordinate and understand the sort of higher level blockers and interactions between the teams. And then you had the Leadership Guild, which was senior managers coming together with the Scrum Masters to discuss maybe more systemic and organizational blockers. Yeah. So, you know, often in our Scrum Scrum, we're able to come up with our own solutions that would work. If there was some communication challenges with using some of the technology that we had, you know, some of those we're able to resolve. There were others that we weren't. And those are the pieces that were brought up to leadership. And there would be a, a weekly meeting, one day a week, where leadership would all tune in, some remote, some local, and there would be our Agile coach and one of our Scrum Masters would attend and walk through what our impediment was. And as we walk through our list, our impediment backlog list, collectively, we would determine what we thought the most urgent impediment was and put together a, a working list of how we were going to resolve it. And then we'd share that back with our teams. So it was very transparent. But that was the idea, like how that leadership guild worked. So these different squads, the nine squads that are working, are they using a consistent method, whether that's a, you mentioned Scrum, and how close to actual Scrum was it? How much did you adopt that method to the teams? And when there was differences between the teams, how did you manage that? Yeah, so for the majority of the teams, it was, I don't want to say pure Scrum, but that's where we started off. And it was really with physical boards, and the majority of the teams did do this. We had a couple pods that were Kanban. And the reasons for that was just how the work flowed was a little bit different. And it was more, they would call the fast track pods or teams. So things that just needed not a lot of explanation. It was very clear what the delivery was, the end output was going to be. So they worked in that manner. But the rest of the teams were really scrum. And we started off on physical boards with post-its. And from working with our product owners, on you know what that backlog looks like and making sure that you know they understand what the party is and the team understands what that work is and then walking them through it. So it was really all the ceremonies that came along with Scrum we performed. And especially in the beginning stages, we made it very clear what the goal was for each of those ceremonies, what we're trying to accomplish and trying to build that trust and rapport with the teams and at the same time making it a safe place for them to share those concerns. And there were a lot of concerns, especially at the beginning, because this is such a different way of working. And frankly, they were very used to, and in some cases, liked having a project manager telling them when something was due, 
and how to do it. And that was removed. And we really were truly having these teams become self-organized. So what of the folks on your team, were there any who were still back in waterfall land? Mentally, yes. (laughs) Well, I was just doing simple math, right? You said there were nine teams of eight to 10 people, right? Is that math correct? So that's 90 people. I would imagine there's probably more than 90 marketers at Bose, right? Correct. So this is the product and communication design team. So it's like the true creative team, which had made up a part of the global consumer marketing department. Okay. So they were stakeholders that were not necessarily embedded in our department space and or practice in Agile. So our job as Scrum Masters to teach and to show how they would engage with the teams. But it was definitely a smaller base made up of the 90 plus. Well, that was why I was asking the question is, it's always an interesting conversation about how the people who are living in agile land interface with the people who are living in waterfall land. Because if you've got one team that's purely waterfall and maybe has more of an old school manager who wants an annual plan or a six month plan and really detailed outcomes, whereas the folks on the agile side are not going to provide that plan to them in any way that satisfies them. Do you ever had any of that kind of discord across the organization? So all the work that came into our teams came in through our marketing planners or product owners. And we worked very closely with those marketing planners and product owners that they were empowered to determine the most valuable work that they want the team to get done. And then any other requests, if it came from the social team, if it came from public relations, would be funneled through this product owner, whatever that particular request was, if it's specific to a product. And that's how we really managed it. Sometimes it was managed very well, but it really was determined on the product owner as that gatekeeper. So there was a lot of, and I think we had to have that clear, consistent voice across the entire department, because as you know, you'll get inundated from various areas trying to request work the old way. And we had to be very diligent to make sure that we were sending those requesters through the product owners. And that was pretty effective for us. So Brian, you described this as your first time through this process and you're in an environment where there's a good number of teams. Imagine that you could go back in time and that you were going to lead this project. What would you do differently? What advice would you give a marketer who is about to step into your shoes? I love the question. And I've actually been thinking about it quite a bit myself. I think the transition was done pretty well, especially after, you know, talking to, you know, some of the other agilists, you know, at that Agile Alliance conference that I went to. But as I got certified as a Scrum Master, I think we would have had it going through that educational piece and being able to talk to your peers. I think it would have been helpful. And I still think it would be helpful now for our product owners to go through that same training because they are so critical. I would say even potentially more critical than the scrum master because they're really, you know, bringing the work to the team and helping them through be it additional training, you know, as a scrum master taught them as individuals. And then we help them form their own guild as well. So they can work on, you know, removing some impediments. But I think that additional training would have helped in the beginning to get more of a buy-in. And it wouldn't have been just myself as a Scrum Master walking into a team and sometimes hitting some real 
great questions and great challenges, but trying to do the educational piece. If that product owner was my right-hand person as well to help to educate this team on this new way of working and thinking, I think that really would have went a long way and maybe even got us to a further point down the road than we are right now. Great. Well, Brian, thanks for filling us in on all that. Just one more thing for our audience. Before the podcast, you would share some news on your end professionally. Yes, actually. So recently, I enjoyed my time at Bose and I, my experience and knowledge with Agile was amazing and I'll cherish forever. But I did accept a position recently with Edna Insurance. And I'm going to be working as a scrum master there on the digital experience team within their in-house advertising agency, which is really exciting to me. So they have some great leadership support there. And that'll be a new role that I'll be starting on January 6th. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I wish you nothing but the best. Well, thank you again for joining us today. And a reminder to our listeners, you can find the Marketing Agility Podcast at agilemarketingblog.com, as well as on iTunes. We're looking for guests on a regular basis for future seasons of the podcast. So if you have a story to tell or interested in sharing what's going on, much like Brian, come go to agilemarketingblog.com and uh, fill out the form. Thank you again, Brian, for joining us today. And everyone out there, please stay agile.